Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello again, welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time, uh, quite possibly the last one of the season, it's the last weekend of the Premier League coming up, I am your host Chris, uh, with me this week I've got Adam, how are you? I am good, I've, I've, been, on, um, I've been on a mini retirement this week, so it's been a good, <laughs> it's been a good week. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and Andy, oh sorry, spoiler oh. alert, but Andy, who you're about to talk to, he's about to start his mini retirement, so. Indeed. Andy, you're having a mini. This is Andy, folks. All on the yes. podcast this week. You got a mini retirement. I have. It's a, a whole glorious nine days of mini retirement. So, is um, I as uh, so I can only imagine what uh, Gary Neville would make of that. What are you going to do? You're going to sort of go up to drum the rocket, or you're going to sort of? Um... <laughs> My God! <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to go to. The, go it's to been a while, time? Chris. It's been a while. <laughs> No, I will be going nowhere. I have far too much to do around the house this week. So uh, that's the plan for this week, is that we're going to get our house in order. What you, you have, you got, have you got some dodgy drawers that need cleaning out as well? <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have, I, but um, <laughs> that's between us. What's your to-do list, then? Uh, so we... I, I, the house has not had like a proper spring clean in a wee while. Unfortunately, my wife's... Uh, broke her ankle about two months ago and so convenient time for just that keeping her, uh, so it's been kind of keeping our head above water in terms of housework and stuff like that so this is our first kind of proper big cleaning we're going to repaint repurpose some furniture and, and things like that so i it's um it's got to keep me busy briefly i thought you'd did you hear that chris come back to me like <laughs> did you know you missed the little bit there where andy's trying to stick to some sort of some working class roots but what he actually means is he's going to be upcycling some furniture <laughs> well no what i took from that was andy's still living in the 1970s and he's waiting for his wife's broken ankle to get better before the house ah. <laughs> he hasn't, hey, actually, he hasn't, had, any, hasn't, hasn't had any dinner for two months man's starving <laughs> I know that. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's been really good for the diabetes, but you know. <laughs> no, Gallagher always said a what sits was what sits were two meals. You eat them and then you suck them off your fingers. So you know that's what you could be doing. I mean, okay, but it's no Gallagher. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, I'm taking today, no yeah. advice for that, man. It's not what you should go for all your quality thinking, is it? I, that, that's I, I genuinely that is my kind of life's um, thinking process now. As no Gallagher do this, yes. <laughs> so you got no you're taking, what wouldn't no Gallagher do? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got some sort of chat GP up or something? So when your wife asks you to do something, you sort of say, "Hang on a minute," and then you sort of ask that what no Gallagher wouldn't do, and then you know you can decide whether you do it with or not. I have just I've replaced my own brain with like AI at this point. Sam Allardyce so, said it would happen. It, it did, aye. <laughs> Sam Allardyce probably wishes he could be replaced by AI at this point, but well, I'm sure we'll get into that. 
Yeah, so we'll talk about the Premier League games that have happened this week, the final weekend to come. Um, there's some news around Europe as well. So we'll start on Monday. Uh, Newcastle nil, less than nil. Newcastle qualified for Champions League. Um, so oh, I watched on... this as well. I watched two of the games, Chris. Sorry. No, did you? Okay. Um, I've written here uh, as a question, is this a good result for Leicester? Yes. Yeah? Did they yeah. play for a definite draw? Uh, yeah, yeah, really badly as well, because like Newcastle hit the woodwork three times. Oh, did they? Yeah, there's no like there's sort of like any sort of like qualms of this being considered sort of like a a, a masterstroke. Yeah. Um yeah, uh it, it definitely was not that. Um they they, they very much pushed their luck. Also, Leicester nearly scored in the last minute as well. So if the plan was to get a draw, that would have gone really wrong. Yeah, I don't think Chris, I don't think they were they were really dedicated to the draw. So much that it was like, we're not going to score this goal. Imagine <laughs> if you scored and everyone sort of, God, for God's sake, what have you done? Yeah, they just they just immediately kick the ball up the other end and concede <laughs> on purpose. Exactly. Uh, yeah, Newcastle happy there in the Champions League. Uh, Jason Tindall pleased himself, was he? Sure. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention to him. No. Are you not on social media anymore, are you? No, why? What should I, what do I need to know about Jason Tindall? Uh, there has been the last couple of weeks a whole sort of thing. Uh, a Twitter account came up. It's called Jason Tindall trying to be the centre of attention of things, and he's just po- this guy posts photos and videos of Jason Tindall obviously trying to be the centre of attention, much to the detriment of Eddie Howe. Um, now I'm going to sound like this is going to be like peak sort of like boomer questioning. But who's Jason Tindall? He's the assistant to Eddie Howe. Okay, is he related to Mike Tindall in any way? don't know. Or maybe William Tyndall, who translated the Bible and was burnt at the stake. They could both be related to William Tyndall. They could be. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, Andy, did you watch this game? I uh, saw the highlights, yeah. Um, yeah, Leicester definitely played not to lose. I, I agree. I don't, I don't know if I would say that they were committed to the, the draw. I wouldn't quite call this West Germany versus Austria in the 1982 World Cup. But I mean... It was it was clear that their main aim was just to not concede and leave themselves and we even a remote chance uh, heading into the the final game. So, uh, yeah, mission accomplished. And as you said, they almost they almost nicked it at the end. Um, so, yeah, I imagine there were a few uh, hearts going with the clappers at uh, Leeds and at Everton at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a degree of... It was really weird, though, the way that, like, I would go as far as to say that Leicester were rubbish for 80 minutes, like, full-on rubbish, like, literally couldn't get out of their half rubbish. Newcastle would... It was um I think um, Andy Hinchcliffe on CoCom's referred to it as, like, an attack versus defence drill. Like, the, the entire game. And then it was, like... Like Andy said, that their whole plan seemed to be like we're going to keep it tight, and then we're going to try and try and maybe see if we can nick something at the very end. Yeah. And for the last ten minutes, Newcastle just kind of capitulated, and it just the roles completely reversed. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I'm just going to look at the the fixture, not the fixture, the result, just to see what the sort of percentage for possession and everything was. I was going to say because uh, the result's still nil nil, Chris. Yeah, That's not changed. That hasn't. <laughs> that literally hasn't changed. Sorry, I just had to until, mute until they bring in that rule for um, you know, 
a goal for having like 70% plus possession. You know, the Arsenal oh, rule. I should say, did you see that tweet by the Arsenal fan the other week? Oh, I don't, honestly. I, I don't know what it is that has made me pick supporting clubs with two sets of the most embarrassing fans in world football. The amount of copium that I've seen, particularly for Arsenal fans, Rangers fans tend to just go, go straight to the bail. Um, but I, this idea that, you know, Arsenal should somehow win a trophy for having led the league for the most days of the season, it's just, come on. That's what he said, wasn't it, pretty much? Yeah, pretty much, yeah, he said, but because City had only led the league for however many days it was by the time they actually won it, I think it might have been eight or something. Mm. It was like, um, oh, that's just so unfair. This is why we need to look at how he modify things, and it's just, no, stop, please. Yeah, uh, Newcastle 78 possession compared to Leicester's 22. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I was very bad podcasting. I'm really sorry, everybody. Um, 23 shots to Newcastle compared to one for Leicester. And I guess that was the one that hit the... That was the one they had in like the 90th minute. Was it? Okay. Yeah. It, like, it was a good, it's a good result for Leicester because uh, it's, it's not the... It's not obviously... Well, Unlike Chris's assertion earlier that they really wanted the draw so badly that they didn't want to win, but if they'd won, I if they'd won, what I think that they they then would have gone into because their goal difference is so superior, they'd have gone into uh, Sunday with it in their hands. Now, the point means it isn't in their hands, but it does force. Mm, um, it does force Everton to need a a better result, so it does sort of put some pressure on Everton at least. I mean, we'll talk about Everton in a little bit. So no need, to... don't worry about it. Pretend they're not playing. Oh no, 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 we will because I'm just having a little thought in your head, which is um, should Everton play for a draw or play for a win? So have a little think about that. We'll come to that when we get to the Premier League preview. So I, I, I'm going to I can answer that for you now, Chris. I, they they should try not to get relegated, so they should probably play for a win. Yes, yes, that's probably one thing. I just don't know whether you'd send them out ultra-defensive just not to lose. And would a point, is a point good enough? No. No, okay, fine, fair enough. No problem. Uh, okay, yeah, so uh, on Wednesday, it was Brighton 1, Manchester City 1. Uh, Phil Foden scored. Um, and then Encisco with an absolutely gorgeous goal. Uh, Erling Haaland delayed a goal. Um, it disallowed on VAR. Through due to a shirt pull, so that run ends 12 straight wins for Manchester City. Um, do you want to talk about Brighton? How well Brighton have done? You're the league, baby. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've been uh, speaking pretty highly of Brighton all throughout the season. I think the Zerbi's done a, a fantastic job, um, because I think the concern, as tends to be the case with, with clubs in this kind of situation is when you lose the manager who has kind of established you as the club in that division, what happens at that stage? And in actual fact, the Zerbys come in and, if anything, made them an even better side. Hmm. The concern, again, will be who will they lose in the off-season and well, how well will they replace them? But yeah, I, mean, I think we can take a guess that they will replace pretty well. It sounds I mean, like I mean, they, it sounds like they're going to lose Casado and um, McAllister, um, and yeah, you you would hope you would at the moment you kind of 
Andy's right. You do expect them to to do a, do a good job in in recruiting. But I thought a little bit about this. And clubs, <laughs> we have these clubs, and we just give them this. Uh, they they just have sometimes they have a just a period, don't they? Where they just get it lucky. Like if you think about um, Newcastle, Leicester. well, Leicester. I we're going to be my other example, but Newcastle yeah. in sort of that that year with Pardew where they got Kabai and mm. um Cisse and was that there's a bunch of them wasn't there who was the other midfielder they had I can't remember his name and oh it's not the one it's not Czech Kyoto is it the one that Czech Kyoto played? that's the one I was yeah. thinking of yeah yeah yeah, <clears throat> yeah. um and then Leicester like you said you've got Leicester with Mares, Vardy um Kante like you'd hope that they've got some for for their sake, you'd hope that there's some sort of secret sauce, and they've cracked the the recipe, and they're gonna gonna replace well again. But what they've, what, as Andy alluded to there, what they've they've um, done really well within their recruitment is actually in their managers, because like you said, they they've got better. They've I was talking to my little uh, little brother at the the gym today, and like Brighton have the best chance since the Derby's taken over Brighton have the best chance creation in world football mm. Mm. Um, I, is there a problem with this I mean as soon as Leicester won the league uh, everyone was talking about the fact that how they got these players like uh, like Angola Kante and Maris for nothing and the first thing that happened is Steve Walsh their uh, head of recruitment was headhunted by Everton wasn't he so yeah, well, that went well, didn't that? <laughs> that went well, but I mean, there's every chance that whoever has been looking at Brighton might say that guy's doing well. Let's get there, let's get there, man. So, I mean, maybe, these things maybe us forever, do they? Maybe, but if you've got us, they that it depends whether you've got a system and uh, full of different voices and different things you're looking at because it's supposed to be this supposed to be a sort of quite a a large data element into the recruitment of Brighton. Mm. So that's not going to disappear. Um, you'd think that individual voices should be interchangeable in that. I think that the the good thing that might go for Brighton is I think that, like I said, I think they'll lose Casado, they'll probably lose Casado and, and McAllister, but I think that maybe they'll be able to be in a sort of um almost like a Borussia Dortmund-esque position in terms of the level of the money they're going to get will mean that they will put them in a position to be able to say no, so I don't tell anyone else. So I don't think they're going to be cleaned out. Okay. I think that they'll say, right, these are the ones that are going to go. If you think of the money they've taken in uh, in the last two years in transfers anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I think that they're probably... They're cash rich and they can pay people some good money and they can say, no, this isn't your season. I mean, if, if you think when Bruce Dortmund have Bruce Dortmund always have young, talented players, um, and they always let them move on, but they always let them move on sort of one at a time, so they don't ever get themselves into a position where they're completely overhauling their squad. Okay. Uh Thursday was Manchester United four, Chelsea one. Manchester United had an XG of five point two one in this game. Uh, Casemiro and Martial um, Bruno Fernandes who had a little dig at Liverpool in the uh, his post-match comments which was quite funny uh, and Marcus Rashford with his 30th goal of the season Manchester United now in the Champions League um, all eyes on Jamie Redknapp during this who saw this video on Twitter today is this the bit where they didn't allude to this on 
on the TV, but when they're they cut in that half time, um, and the United crowd is just and like most of the United crowd that they seem to be were just singing Jamie Redknapp, what a wanker, what a wanker. Yes, much to the amusement of actually to be fair, him himself. To Jamie Redknapp, Ford, yeah. And Jimmy Ford Hasselbank as well. Yeah. Um yeah, guys that... react. If sixty thousand people sang Andy Manson, what a wanker, what, what would you do? I'd be great. Honestly, <laughs> I think I, I think I'd quite enjoy that. Uh, knowing that I'd annoyed sixty thousand people that much. Yeah, yeah you're, and you're, think, you're angry right. in Scottish, aren't you? I mean, but I think um, you know that those right. people aren't singing that. <laughs> those people aren't singing that. Uh, Jamie read that with with vile. Do you know what I mean? No, no. It, Excellent pool play. Yeah, but it's it's still in jest, isn't it? It's not in. I don't think any of those yeah, people. I mean, I don't think any of those people. There's the odd lunatic, but I don't think most of those people aren't going to spit Jamie Redknapp in the face on the street if they bumped into him leaving the ground. Like, no, I guess not. It's yeah. Just and what did Jamie Redknapp actually kind of do during his? Uh, what did they actually do during his playing career that would have given? Yeah, he was, playing, fans he was playing. He was playing for Liverpool really when they were shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he would have trebled under us. Did he? Is he still there then? Yeah. He wasn't playing because he was perennially injured, but yeah. yeah. Um, okay, right. So that's the uh, Premier League earlier on this week. But you've so... not talked about that game at all. What did you want to? So just Chelsea. Yeah, because I watched it. Give me something at least. <laughs> okay, go on. Then talk about this game then. But Chelsea were awful. I saw Mudrick miss a really, really easy chance, and I think somebody else as well. Mudrick is... Since he's joined us, I don't know what, what you two think of him, but he's really weird because he has this ability, but when he gets the ball, he immediately fills me with a sense of excitement and expectation. And he sort of has this feeling where you feel like he's going to make something happen. And then inevitably he doesn't. Yeah, conversely, I imagine if I was a Chelsea fan, I wouldn't get that feeling if I saw him on the ball. I just think it's just the way the ball, it's just the way he, the, I don't know, once he takes his touch, the way he addresses the ball, he seems quite sort of energetic. I don't know. You just think like, oh shit, something's about to happen. He's going to dribble past someone. He's going to shoot. I like, but then nothing does. Mm-hmm. Andy, what are you making of him? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's clearly a very talented player in there. I agree. I think he it, it, it looks to make things happen, which for Chelsea this season feels quite unique. And I think part of the reason why it doesn't always come off is because he's the only one in the team who seems to be mm. trying are you sure to do that, that. Are you sure he's good, though, Andy? Are you sh- or, or, I, I'm starting to be suspicious that other teams in the Premier League have realised that Todd Burley's main sort of transfer policy was signing players that other teams, so they, other teams couldn't have them. <laughs> and I'm just I wondering whether, think... whether Arsenal were like, yeah, yeah, we definitely want this kid. Yeah, 80 million, <laughs> 80 million. He's really good, yeah. I mean, I've spoken before about how I felt like us missing out in Madrid and getting Trossard for about 30% of the price was actually a really great deal for, and actually the ideal situation for Arsenal. That's not to say I don't think Madrid's good. I think Madrid is a good player. As you said, there's, there's a sense that he can do something when he gets the ball. I mean, but he's gonna have and to start. He's gonna have to show it to me soon. Otherwise, I'm gonna start to sort of. Yeah, I agree. The boy who I mean, cried wolf been, is gonna kick in. Yeah, everyone around him has been so poor this season that it's it's almost inevitable 
that he's going to try too much, which I think is part of the problem here. I think you get him into a well-coached team and there's no guarantee that's going to happen next season. I've got absolutely no clue who Chelsea are. They've hired Pochettino, so... Of course they have. Um, Pochettino... Pochettino, see, the thing is, I'm not entirely overly convinced by Pochettino, if I'm being honest with you. Pochettino. Hmm? Fraudatino. <laughs> I'm maybe I'm, slightly I'm, trademark. Yeah. Want, uh, <laughs> the Arsenal fan isn't convinced that Pochettino might be. <laughs> um, the, my little brother again at the gym was saying, conversely, the exact opposite on sort of Madrid and Pochettino, saying that he thinks that he'll be really good next season under him. So you hang out with your brother at the gym and talk about football. Yeah. Right. Why wouldn't you talk? Why wouldn't I talk about football with my little brother whilst lifting weights at the gym with him? That seems very homoerotic. We're, we're his all, brother. We're all fully clothed, Chris. Okay. I think we're learning a bit more about Chris here. Yeah, I, <laughs> to I don't be, know. To be, fair, I, to be fair, I listened to a, I listened to a podcast this morning about the Spartans, and of course, three hundred came up. So maybe, maybe I've still got my brain there. I don't know. That and the fact that, 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 pubes. I don't know. <laughs> that and the fact in, and what he's not telling us and is he wakes up every morning and watches the um the Top Gun volleyball scene on on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that's his morning ritual. Exactly. I mean that's a I mean that's a good scene to be fair. Um, I think we can all agree that. And that's my little brother who as of today, current and well, yeah, as of today and until Sunday technically works for three different Premier League clubs. So is he? Yeah. Are you allowed to say who? No. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> not 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 now anyway. Okay. Uh right. In Europe land this week. So Copper Italia final Fiorentina, uh despite taking the lead through uh, um Dominguez, they lost two one to uh insert two goals from Latara Martinez, four and four for him as they approach the Champions League final. Uh, in Spain, Barcelona top at 85 points, then Real Madrid 74, Atleti 73, Real Sociedad 68, 36 games played. So uh, Atleti play Real Sociedad, uh, Barca play Mallorca, Sevilla play Madrid. Um, let's talk a little bit about Vinicius Jr. So obviously he was racially abused by the Valencia fans this week. Uh, he was Obviously. Accused, yeah, he was accused um, by some, including Pepe Reina, of bringing it on himself. Uh, Javier Tebas initially, I think, said, the head of La Liga said initially uh, there's no racism. Um, uh, and then he's backtracked on that a little bit, saying he, he, he's sorry if it came across wrong. Uh, and Wait, he also said some shit about how um, there's, um, what was it? He said something about, oh, you can't, you don't care that much about it because we've got. Um, yes, you didn't turn we've, up to meetings. We've, we've had some meetings about it and you've not turned up. Yeah, uh, um, Valencian media have uh, sort of circled the wagons around the football club as well. Um, and I think the Sevilla president has said something today, which I can't quite remember either. So, um, <laughs> excellent. Nothing like conjecture, Chris. I've been busy. I told you, I've been cleaning men's pubes out of drawers. <laughs> so far, we'd only alluded to that. We haven't, <laughs> <laughs> but you very much sort of fully ripped the band aid off there. Let me see if I can find anything about this Sevilla president. Um, Obviously, next week in a very special episode of Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, I don't know what we can say to this other than obviously racism is bad. Racism's bad. Pepe Reina and Tebas uh, are also very bad. Um, my my opinion is that um, whether they're football personalities or ex-professionals or anything like that, white men should probably shut the fuck up about it. Um, well, yes. Because, I, I mean, it's... Thanks for us. Um, I, we probably should as well, actually. Be fair. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's... I, I do think it's important that... Again, just this notion, I read one really horrible in fact Chris you might have retweeted it which I think might be how I saw it where I, I don't know it was some newspaper columnist oh that was the thing that just, basically the thing said that, the thing that Justin shared that was all in that was all in foreign so I couldn't read it possibly it was it was basically just the whole idea that he's an in that Vinicius Jr is an instigator and he brings it all on himself and he should look inwards before he starts pointing the finger at other people and it's like I mean, really, this is still the attitude. I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised this is still the attitude. In 2023, this has been a problem in Italy for a long time as well. I keep bringing up Moise Keane and the fact that, you know, his own teammate at one point said that he brought a lot of it on himself. Uh, And that seems to be the case here. The one good thing I'll say is that Real Madrid are very much behind uh, Vinicius and this. Ancelotti's come out really strongly um, Supporting uh, Vinicius Jr. and so on, and it's just and because of that, you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked to know that because of that, that also Marca have come out in the same. Somehow, Marca have the same position as Real Madrid, which I, I'm not quite sure how that's <laughs> happened. Vinicius um, Jr. doesn't strike me as any more an, an, an incendiary player than anybody else. I mean, there's literally but, Athletic, Atletico Madrid and Diego. But this is Madrid. but this is what I said to you said in the in the WhatsApp group, Chris, about. Um, I, I, I don't agree with it, but I do think that sort of the um, the more uh, flair and showiness that um, black players play with, the more that that's seen as a fair enough stick to beat them with, because the the last thing they want they want to see is 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 the these um, these players embarrassing other players by yeah, it's essentially how over dare their this yeah, how mm. dare this uppity black man yes. uh, humiliate our players on the pitch? It's essentially what it comes down to because you know, and that's why I asked back, him that question about Ronaldinho. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. um yeah, you just that you don't see this about uh, white players. You know, George Best wasn't being. Uh, pilloried in the, the 70s for or 60s and 70s for some of the things he was doing on the ball and stuff like that. It, it is almost always only ever black players who get this, and it's 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 disgraceful and it's no change, and, and something needs to happen. Uh, but when you the authorities whether... in those countries don't want to make the moves to make that happen, I, you I, just, whether... I, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I I do wonder whether, like as Andrew was saying about sort of Real Madrid being behind it, and then uh, as as much as I have uh, my tongue in my cheek making jokes about Marco being behind it, but that is important. And you wonder whether there is a chance of there being a uh, a bit of a, a societal shift. Whether this can be a sort of hopefully be a catalyst for some sort of form of change, because I've heard on on other podcasts people talk about. 
um, the sort of the general culture in in Spain. And I don't know, I, I, we can't really really talk about it completely, but there is this this idea that sort of poultry on sort of these sort of issues there they're potentially sort of 20 25 years behind other other places and whether you think that football is uh a reflection of society or not maybe this maybe some good can come out of this at least yeah uh, elsewhere in Italy, uh, Napoli obviously champions on 86 points. Then it's Lazio 68, Inter 66, uh, Milan 64. And then just outside the uh, Champions League places, Atlanta 61, Roma 60. 36 games have been played. So What happened weekend, to Juve, Chris? They got dock 10 points. And I can't remember why, because it's something to do with money. Oh, I got bored. Um, Inter versus Atlanta, Juventus versus Milan, Fiorentina versus Roma. Uh, in France, PSG on 84 points, Lons 78, Marseille 73, 36 games played, so Stradville play PSG, Lons play Ajaxio, and Marseille play Brest. Uh, and in the Bundesliga, it's the last weekend of the Bundesliga, and there's an awful lot to play for. Uh, Dortmund are on top on 70 points, uh, Bayern on 68, um, RB Leipzig 63 uh, in the Champions League positions, uh, Union Berlin are in the last Champions League position on 59 points, and just below their own goal difference is Freiburg on 59. So, uh, this weekend is uh, Cologne versus Bayern. It's Dortmund versus Mainz. Dortmund could become champions as well as Schalke being relegated because they're away at RB Leipzig. And then to get the last Champions League place, it's Union versus Werder, Frankfurt versus Freiburg. Now, Adam, some time ago, you decided to shun your hipster brethren of Dortmund and take up the reins of the evil empire of uh, Bayern Munich. Do you regret that decision? Or is you know, is this what happens? First you support Everton and they go downhill. Then then you start <laughs> buying and you know, are you the issue here? Just to be clear, this is a bit like the, the, my, there is no supporting of buying. This is just a we can carry on this bit, Chris, but I just sometimes it needs to be made clear that this is a bit. No. Um and I'm not saying I'm not the issue, but sure. <laughs> um we talked about this with your brother in the gym while you're lifting weights and greased up. <laughs> You've added the grease now. <laughs> um, no, we didn't talk about Dortmund. No. Or remember, anyone remember Electric Six, the band? Yes. Does anyone remember the gay bar video? That's the only yeah. song yes. they were. Abraham I don't know. lifting weights in the gym. Yeah, we didn't do it in fancy dress either, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> really, I'm really sorry to ruin it for you. Do you wear a vest? No. What do you wear? This is creepy. What are you wearing? Oh, the, the listeners need an image. What, what do you wear when you're down the gym? In in the summer. Yeah. In the summer, I will wear um, shorts and a t-shirt. Okay. What about the winter? Would you wear like a hat and scarf? No, but. <laughs> I might wear trousers and a t-shirt. Well, a farrer's. Yeah, I wear full-on sort of dress <laughs> dress trousers. Aye, I owns the crease in the front of him and yeah. everything before he goes. Yeah, pleated. Like a Victorian <laughs> gentleman. Imagine <laughs> Jacob. Imagine Jacob Rees-Mogg lifting weights. Do you use it? I can't yeah. imagine such a thing. <laughs> I, imagine, I imagine he gets his servant to do it for him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Dortmund, get a Dortmund this up, guys. No. 
No, no I don't think, think so. Mainz, Mainz get beat 4-1 by one of the teams in the relegation zone last weekend, I think. Does, so does they're, that not make they're it, in does that not make form. it more likely to happen? No, no they're at I home. Don't, I don't think so. The Western Stand's going to be rocking. Like, yeah. It's, it's going to go off. It's going to be, it'll be fun. And okay. Bayern, there's a, it's been such a funny season for Bayern. Um, yeah, the thing I could I, see is I could see Dortmund, Dortmund up and Bayern losing anyway. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's yeah. I think that's a fair point. Bayern just—it was already a funny season for them, and then basically since the uh, Manny Sani incident, I, I, it just feels like there's something no quite right at that club at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think Dortmund will. I, I hope Dortmund will do this. Okay. Uh, and finally, for, for games this weekend, it's the player finals in England. So um, Saturday, we're recording this on Friday. So tomorrow is uh, Luton versus Coventry. Our very own Jared will be there to put cheering Coventry on. Uh, League One on um, Sunday, and it's Barnsley versus Sheffield Wednesday. And then it's Stockport versus Carlisle in League Two. So uh, bits and bobs of El Nuzo, as Emma would say. Um, Ivan Tony did get a reduced ban due to a diagnosis of gambling addiction. Uh, he was initially going to get 15 months, then it was reduced down to 11 months, and I think that was reduced down to uh, eight months in the end. So this is from the BBC website today. Of those 232 breaches, 126 were in breach of matches in, which, in competitions in which Tony's club at that time participated in. Of those 126, 29 were in respect of the club Tony was playing for at the time. Fucking hell. Of those 29, 16 were on his own team to win 15 different matches. Tony played in 11 of them. Uh, Of those 29, the remaining 13 were on Tony's team to lose, but Tony did not play in any of those matches. Uh, And finally, of the 126 bets, 15 were placed on Tony to score. Uh, They were initiated at a time when it was not public knowledge that he was starting or playing... um, in the relevant fixtures. So I think some of the headlines today were Tony bets on own team to lose. I don't quite think it, you know, he was sort of missing on purpose. I just don't think he was playing in those games. But at the same time, we got a, a man with a, a serious issue here. Um, I think Gareth Southgate himself has said, doesn't he, that he needs help, not sort of punishment. He, Yeah, I'd, the first thing that came to mind, and there's obviously much wider issues at play here, but the first thing that came to mind for me is how these teammates feel, thinking that the only way Brentford can win games is if he's playing in them. Yeah, I, just had, I, I literally just had that thought. <laughs> it, it very much so, felt like a, that's I, not I, much fear. I'm not playing, so I'm betting on you to lose. Yeah, it's like I'm so much better. I, I'm the reason we win games. And to be fair, I'm sure there's been many occasions this season where that's been the case. But yeah, if I'm some of his teammates, I'm like, oh, what really? You don't think we're good enough to win without you? Um, Jerry Barton was banned, wasn't he? For was that 18 months or so? That pretty much signaled the end of his career. Um, and then I'm trying to think that's Paul Merson back in the 90s. I don't think he got he wasn't done for gambling, was he? Although he had a gambling problem, I think. Am I right in thinking that? But he might have been gambling on. That was probably back when. That's such a, almost so long ago. He was probably gambling on horses after training. Yes, that's true. I don't. I don't know. The the what the one always gets forgotten about that I like to remind, but it, it doesn't need to be such an issue now that he's um, ruined his own career. But 
Matt Letizia admits to betting on him, betting on games that he was involved in, um, in his autobiography, and still managed to keep his job at Sky for years afterwards. So that's the sort of thing, yeah. Where some players would say that on like the after dinner circuit and get a huge banterous laugh from sort of men in dinner jackets, wouldn't they? Yeah, he literally tells a story about how he tried to he placed a spot bet on when the first throw was going to be, and he tried to kick the ball out from kickoff, and some. Some sprightly young winger keeps the ball in, and then he <laughs> has to run after the ball, ball to try and get get it past so he can pull it out on purpose. Like he's literally, dodgy. Uh, I'm, I'm just glad that's the only weird thing Matt Letizia has ever said. Yeah, that's the only weird thing he's ever done. And then from then on, <laughs> from then on, he's been an exemplary sort of stand up <laughs> member of society. Um, probably probably during knighthood, I imagine. Yeah, overdue, yeah. Uh, the winning Super League finales this weekend. Chelsea on 55 points at the top. Manchester United on 53. At the bottom, Reading are bottom on 11. Uh, and just outside the relegation zone, Leicester on 13. So, um, Chelsea are playing Reading. So, both teams have got something to play for. Um, Manchester United are away at Liverpool. And Leicester are away at Brighton. Um, a 39-year-old Andres Iniesta uh, is set to leave Vissel Kobe um, in July. But he wants to keep playing. He still feels he's got something to give. He's just managed just three appearances or three substitute appearances so far uh, this season, totaling thirty-eight minutes. Uh, so, uh, but he doesn't. But he doesn't want to retire. Doesn't want to retire. Would you have him at Everton or Rangers or Arsenal? I mean, I think he would romp it at Rangers. I don't think that's going to happen. But I mean, we've had we've had players come to Scotland and the, the, down, the downside of their career before, you know, I even look Claudio at... Claudio had had something of a career renaissance in, in Scotland, kind of 37, 38, still playing at a pretty high level, playing in Europe um, for Rangers. Um, Lubo Moravchik did similar at, at Celtic. You know, he's held in very high regard at, at Celtic Park. You know, he was playing for them at 38, 39. So yeah. it can be done. I mean, the fact that he's only played, made three substitute appearances in Japan would make me worry that maybe he's not one of those players. Um, yeah. I would just, I'd, if he I'd, wanted to play yeah. forever, and I would, I, as much as I'd love to see him there, I think I'd have to put an arm around him and be like, Andres, this, you don't, don't do this to yourself. It's not <laughs> worth it. It's not worth it, mate. It's not worth it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and in, Salvador, in El Salvador, uh, the, um, the Salvadorian FA have cancelled the uh, Clazara Nacional tournament after a stampede that killed 12 people, unfortunately. Uh, in Oceania, in the Champions League, Group A, Auckland City are top on nine points. Suva are on six points. Solomon Warriors on three. And Adam, I'm afraid your uh, Lupe Olo uh, Suaga are on no point. Um, Solomon Warriors lost 2-0 to Sava and Lupe lost 3-0 to Auckland at home take yourself off of mute you need to talk about this no I don't move it on <laughs> <laughs> and Group B Andy better news for you uh, Piri are top on 7 points pretty cool isn't it that's excellent news come on the checks notes Piri is yeah. that what said aye Piri yes well done Checks notes again because he's forgot the name already. Pere, well done. Remember where they're from? Uh, Tahiti. That's right. Uh, so Ifara then second on four points, and then Hikari and Tiga on three. 
So, uh, Tiga lost 1-0 to Ifara, and Pire uh, beat Hikari 2-1 away. A goal from uh, Johan Tahomi, uh, a winning goal there. So, there you go. Happy? I'm absolutely delighted. Marvellous. Adam, less happy. Yeah, I just, I don't, I'm not allowed good things, nice things, Chris, say. I was going to say, these probably like, you know, these could have been at the World Club Championship before you started supporting them, couldn't they, this team? (laughs) (laughs) They could have been like the Bayern Munich of Tahiti or wherever they're from. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, right. Premier League. Last weekend of the Premier League coming up this weekend. So we will talk, uh, the first three games we'll talk about are the teams down the bottom. So uh, Leeds versus Spurs in the Robbie Keane derby. Uh, Rodrigo and Junior Firpo are back. Patrick Bamford is a doubt. Um, Leeds's last eight, they have um, uh, they drawn two, lost six. Spurs have won one at their last seven, uh, including losing their last two. Harry Kane has scored on the final day in his last five seasons, so you know, something to say goodbye to the Spurs fans with. Leeds are down if Everton or Leicester win, or if Leeds fail to win. Um, someone make Ross feel better, can they? No. See, no, I mean, can you see Leeds beating Spurs but going down because of other results? No, no, you think Spurs I don't? Win? I don't think so. Spurs only exactly. No, because freeze, well, but all three be, of these teams, Harry Kane. <laughs> all three of these teams are rubbish. Mm-hmm. Can I see more than one of them winning? No, so I can see a situation where any three of these teams win. Um, because it's it's Spurs and it's the last day of the season and they they've got they've got previous, um. But so no, I think if Leeds win, they've got a very good chance of staying up. I don't think they will. Um, I don't think they will. But okay, uh, Spurs this week have been turned down by Arnest Slot, the final manager. I think they've already said no to Julian Nagelsmann. Apparently, Andy, Spurs are that picky. They don't want Ange Postecoglou because they think at 57 is too old. I'm not entirely sure where they expect him to play, but um, <laughs> it seems a bit of a ridiculous thing, doesn't it? Um, yeah, it does. Uh, uh, the, the one thing you would maybe point to is a concern with, with Postecoglou is that he's now been... I mean, this would be a pro, I think this would be heading into his third season in Britain. In his two previous seasons in Britain so far, yes, he's he's played really good football and won a lot of games domestically. In Europe, uh, at times, his teams have looked tactically naive. He, he refuses to change the way he plays. And, you know, stick to your guns, that's fine. It's admirable. But for a club in the Premier League with aspirations of Europe like Spurs have, um, I would maybe be concerned about what he could actually do in Europe for them, and that that might end up being like the, the age thing is ridiculous. Fifty sevens, no age at all when it comes to being a manager. Um, he would come in and he would give them an. I, I, I see. Previously, I might agree with Adam, but Roy Hodgson has somehow turned Crystal Palace into a decent team again at seventy-five. All he, bets are off as far yeah, as I'm concerned. But it's about there's a difference between there's a gulf between where Tottenham want to be and where Crystal Palace are, and you want a. It's, it's not necessarily about him being fifty-seven and being too old. It's about whether his ideas are old. 
Well, the, I mean, he Spurs have always Spurs fans have always seen themselves as as the team being like entertainers and so on, and a, a lot of ways a similarity to Celtic. Celtic have always been seen the more entertaining team of the old firm. Um, so, I mean, it would give something Spurs have lacked for way too long now, which is an identity and a strategy and a, and a way of playing. And I think that would be appealing to Spurs fans. But yeah, again, he's he hasn't yet proved that he can adapt those tactics to work well in Europe. And to me, that's probably what is actually the reason why he won't end up going to, to Spurs. I mean, to, to be, be fair, fair I've, I've just looked it up and uh, Guardiola's 52 and Klopp's 55. They're slightly older than I thought. Okay. And also, to be fair, Spurs players are doing their very best to make sure that Postacoglu wouldn't have that European problem next season. I mean, true, that would give him a season to bed then, I suppose. But, um, What's yeah, the I mean, don't there, get me wrong. I would, I, I would love him to go. <laughs> <laughs> What's the talk in, in Glasgow, in the local papers and stuff there? What is the rumours there? The talk, the talk has been pretty much what it is all season when any jobs come up. It, you know, the, the, the papers have made it sound like a higher likelihood that these clubs would come in for Postacoglu than it actually is. Mm. Um, I think if you, you you speak to or you see reports from kind of insiders at Parkhead and so on, it might appear in the bookies lists, but that's as far as it's ever gone so far. So, you know, it was, it was kind of linked with Chelsea for a bit. That never went anywhere. He's been linked with Spurs. I think the expectation is that won't go anywhere. Um, so yeah, I don't think Celtic fans are, are too worried they're going to lose him yet. If he if he has another great season next season and he couples that with some moderate European success, then I think end of next season would be the season Celtic fans would probably worry. But yeah, I think he'll be there next season. All right, okay, uh, let's move on to Everton. They're uh, home to Bournemouth, the Silver and Distan Derby. No Dominic Calvert, Lewin, or Patterson, and well, Mikhailenko, I think he's a doubt as well. Uh, they stay up if they better Leicester or Leeds' results. Of course, this is in their own hands. Uh, they're outside the bottom three at the moment. Uh, Everton have lost final Premier League games in five. Do, sorry, of- just to, we don't have to better them, we just have to match them. Match them, sorry. Uh, Everton lost final Premier League game in uh, five out of the last six seasons and won just one out of their last ten games this season, uh, including losing their last three at home. Uh, Bournemouth have lost their last three, uh, having uh, gotten Premier League safety. It's worth bearing in mind that they were bottom of the Premier League table uh, in uh, on the 11th of March. They've done very well to get to where they are. Right. I guess, Adam, we need to start with you. Are you old enough to remember 1994? Or nineteen ninety eight. I can I can remember nineteen ninety eight, but I can't really remember much football from it beyond the World Cup. But maybe. Oh, okay. You can't remember Everton's sort of last gasp escape. No, is nineteen ninety four? Is that the one when they when they thought that the one one of the players thought that they they had done it and they needed to score or something? Ninety four was when you needed to beat Wimbledon. You were two 0 down and ended up winning three two. The other one. 98, uh, you drew with some Coventry, I think, and Chelsea beat Bolton to send Bolton down uh, at, uh, at your expense. So I guess if you don't remember them, then that's a bit of a, like a cow's opinion, it's a moo point. Um, so how do you reckon it's going to go? Uh, 
this weekend? What are you? What are you? What's the feeling in your waters at the moment? What's the What's the word on the street at the gym? Like it's continuing to say that we're rubbish, absolutely terrible. Yeah, yeah. What's the the feeling there, though? Do you, you think you're going to get out of this, or are you sort of entirely pessimistic? Um, I mean, we're currently in seventeenth, so we've got Everton's to lose. Are you? I mean, are you are you confident the fact that Bournemouth haven't got anything to play for, or are you? Thinking, God, they haven't got the pressure we have. I'm not confident about anything, Chris. Are you not? No. Oh, God. It, what, at all? Where are you going to watch no, this thing? Uh, probably at the pub. Okay. How many people will you be there with? Um, with me? I don't know why. I'm just wondering what sort of support group you've got around you and, you know, what your what your day will be like prior to this? Are you going to be like a nervous wreck from the moment you wake up, or is it sort of quiet resignation? Or the quiet resignation kicked in about six weeks ago, Chris. Yeah, I mean, how you're all sort of mid thirties, aren't you? Yeah. So you are you are you still old enough to care? Are you young enough to care? Sorry. No, I'm not young enough to care. I'd quite happily see them get relegated, and then I could just not deal with them. It's just quite painful. As you say, season after season, you had it last season, you've had it this season. Is there a part of you that thinks, sod it, let's just go down and be done with this maybe yeah but it's just just I, I just want to scream at them just be better just in everything <laughs> they do everything they do just be better yeah I was talking to Mark formerly of this parish and an Everton fan and he said we've been circling the drain for so long um and it kind of feels like that you're going round and round and round and round and round not quite sort of falling down the plug hole and financially it would be horrendous for you i read this athletic article this week talking about the number of redundancies behind the scenes that have to take place when a club is relegated and it's obviously not pretty or very nice at all but it means you won't be getting a turgidly humped every week it can't be fun being an everton fan the last couple of years seeing the performances you've seen and just quite doing enough to not go down the problem is that the problem is that that squad's really bad. So it's not even like a situation where you see yourself going down and you think, oh, it'll be all right. We'll go down and we'll be decent and we'll we'll, we'll win a bunch of games and we'll come back up. What saleable assets have you got? I guess Jordan Pickford. It, I, the, a, a conversation from the hot off the, off the gym floor, Chris. Yeah. A conversation was about um, what Everton players would get in Leicester's team. Okay, right, yeah. And we got to, we got to, there was an argument between me and Connor about whether it was two or three. Who were? Um, I would go with Pickford and Tarkovsky. Okay. And he wanted to add Connor Cody, and that I can't see anyone else. <laughs> uh, Andy, I want you to imagine you're in this gym with Adam. It's a hot day, the aircon's not working. He's a, he's a hot, sweaty mess, having been pumping iron with the guys. He's not feeling very happy about this. You know, he's sort of lying on your lap and you've got to stroke his hair and whisper to him that it's going to be okay. Can you do that? I mean, for a start, no, because I would probably be an unconscious, sweaty <laughs> mess on the floor, needing other people to pick me up. But um, it, it really, it, I guess the issue is that the the players might not necessarily see this as quite as dire a situation as the money men at the club do. I think it's generally well regarded that 
of the three clubs who could potentially go down, this would be the biggest financial disaster for Everton. Uh, I think Everton would face real issues if they went down. It's how much that's translated over to the players. Just a half-built um, stadium forever. Yeah. Never, get, <laughs> never, gets, never gets finished. Yeah. Um, Everton, to me, would be a real risk of one of those back-to-back relegation teams. I think that's how bad it could get if they get relegated. For what it's worth, I don't think they will get relegated. And the hope would have to be that that serves as a real wake-up call, the, the fact that they've been down there for the last couple of seasons. Um, I think they'll get a point from Bournemouth. I don't know if I quite buy the Bournemouth have nothing to play for. You know, They're not exactly the most cash-rich club in the country. And I imagine there's probably a reasonable difference in prize money for finishing 15th or 13th as they could if results go their way. Hmm. So Bournemouth, but again, Bournemouth, as you said, have, have also lost three on the bounce. Um, it's interesting you say think, that about Andy. I've always wondered about yeah. that bit when people talk about, oh, you want to finish higher for the prize money. Yeah. And I think, well, if I was a, a Bournemouth player, do I want to help them earn an extra couple of million pounds that they might spend on buying a new left-back to replace me? <laughs> That's a fair point, actually. Um, I mean, again, I, I think this is all largely moot. I think Everton will get the point they need to stay up. What that club looks like next season, I guess, is then the question. I think they'll still lose players regardless. Rumours seem to point out to the fact that they don't see Sean Dyche as the, the long-term solution there and that he might be gone. Wait, who told you that? I really... Uh, you've, you, um, hold on. Chris, he's managed to do it. He's in, I'm interested now. Who told you that <laughs> there's a chance that Dyche might go, eh? Um, I saw reports on it earlier right. on today. Keep, keep, I saw t- it somewhere. T- t- tell me more things, Andy. I want to keep, keep talking. <laughs> Two seconds, because I'm, I'm going to look this up because I know I've seen a report on this somewhere today. Um, I'm like I'm like Chris. I'm like Chris on my Top Gun video right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So the Liverpool Echo has something about Sean Dyche giving the verdict on those exit reports. Um, a report in the Daily Record claimed that senior officials at Goodson Park were planning on life without the 51-year-old at the helm next season, regardless of whether he is successful in keeping the club in the Premier League. Um, Deitch labelled the recent speculation as interesting, but insisted he had no problem if that was to be the case. Well, just to clarify, um, he's been shit since he took over. Yes. Like, he's been worse than I expected him to be, we've to won be honest. One, one in five. Like, yeah, they've been they've been poor. Um, this they, is they, why I wanted Bielsa. I'd have happily gone down, much like uh, just like because my name says Ross Bell here on on our Zoom chat. But <laughs> I'd have I I I'd have given anything for Bielsa. I'd have been in fully invested at that point. Yeah, I imagine there's a few clubs that, that probably wish they'd done the same. Maybe he secretly is. Maybe we. Maybe in the background we let him do what he wanted, which was he wanted to run. <laughs> he wanted to run the under twenty ones, and then he he wanted to be manager in the summer. Maybe that's what what's been secretly happening. I mean, and one can dream. A boy can dream. <laughs> Let's move on to Leicester. So Leicester versus West Ham in the Andy Impey Derby, relegated unless they win, and Everton failed to beat uh, Bournemouth. 
Johnny Evans, Keenan Dewsbury-Hall and Ricardo Pereira are available. Leicester's last 16 games, they've won two, drawn four, lost 10. And zero clean sheets at home since October, which doesn't bode well. Uh, worse, than, worse than that, Chris. I think the clean sheet against Leicester, against Newcastle, was their first in like 21 games. Oh, bloody hell. Uh, and West Ham won four out of five in all competitions. So... The only thing I can imagine is West Ham players uh, not wanting to injure themselves before the Conference League final. Um, that's really the only sort of thing I can imagine for uh, for Leicester. Sort of, maybe they get yeah, like I say, maybe they get a team that isn't really going to be trying their best. Yeah, to me that that would be the one concern for Everton at that game is that West Ham just rest a few players thinking about the, the final. Yeah. But there's a long enough time though, right? There must be a good sort of like 10 days until that final. Yeah, but you pull your hamstring or you're going for a crunching tackle and you smash yourself and you're out. Even if you're out for three weeks, that's you gone, isn't it? Sure, but it's also, let's be honest, it's the Conference League. So, it's a cup final. Everyone's playing the cup final. Yeah, yeah but it's, there's it's also like the, the fact that this is why he went to bed Declan Rice's last West Ham game. Is he going to want his last game to be a European final, albeit, as you say, the Conference League final? Or is he going to want it to be a fairly meaningless league game away from home? Yeah, um, I mean... Would he, put, would he knock on David Moyes' door and say, look, if you wanted to drop me for this game, Gaffer, I'm not going to uh, complain? I imagine there might be quite a long queue for that conversation as well from the managers behind the manager. <laughs> yeah, team. but yeah. do you do you then not if from a David Moyes' perspective, do you then not get yourself in a position where you have players who haven't played for three weeks? It's a long time to go without football, without out a competitive game of football. Like you put put yourself in danger of going up against Fiorentina as a really so- rusty team. So for what it's worth, I don't necessarily think, I mean, of the managers who I think would fight against that kind of thing, it would be a Davey Moyes. Davey Moyes would say, no, you're my players. You get out there and, and, and do what I need you to do in that last league game. So it's maybe less of a concern than if it was another manager. But at the same time, it feels like there are probably some names who are big enough in that dressing room who could go and, like I said, knock his door and say, I'm happy to start on the bench. There's a um, there's a chance, if if not not impossible, that they that West Ham could finish above Chelsea. Would not and that not be a a Declan Rice sort of being like, oh, we can uh... finish above Chelsea or not get yourself injured for a cup final. Look, I'm clutching at straws, Chris. All right, <laughs> <laughs> you certainly are. Uh, right, okay, let's move away from the relegation zone. So, Arsenal versus Wolves and the Jeremy Aliadier derby. Uh, Bakai um, Sacco's got a new contract. Arsenal, their first 19 games, they got 50 points. Second 18 games, they got 31 points, uh, and just three home clean sheets all season. Um, I have a quiz. Uh, which Arsenal outfield player could? Uh, start all of their um, Premier League games this season. Is it Martin Odegaard? No. Xhaka? Nope, it's a defender. Dreams ben can come white. true. Da, 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 you. No, you gotta have... That's a clue. Dreams can come true. Gabriel? Yeah. Huh. Uh, I wouldn't have expected that at the start of the season. No, uh, and uh, he could be the fourth player to in Arsenal's Premier League history to 
start all 38 Premier League games of a season, uh, outfield player. Um, anyone to hazard a guess at the other three? We are talking mid-90s. Mid-90s? Yes. Tony Adams? No. Ray Parler? No. Lee Dixon? Yes. Nigel Wunderbun? Yes. David Seaman? He said outfield players. Outfield. Oh, outfield, right. He wasn't there. Oh, uh, no, keep going further forward. Dennis Bergkamp? No. Ian Wright? Mid-90s, you say? Yeah, definitely mid-90s. Ian Wright? No, like to drink. Oh, well, Paul Merson? Yeah. Oh. There you go. Are you going to win this one, Andy? No. I- no. Um, no, no, no genuinely. Andy, do you care? At this point, no, not really. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it's. I think it's safe to say that Arsenal have been utterly deflated by the um, by the goings on of the last few weeks. Um, I appreciate that Nottingham Forest at that point still had much more to play for than, than Arsenal did, but it it felt like a team that was ready for this season to be over and go on their holidays and, and come back and try again next season. So, uh, again, Wolves don't have much. That I'm, I'm going to pick this game as a nil-nil because this is a game between a club that looks utterly deflated and a club that doesn't really fancy scoring goals. So, well, yeah, I'm going nil-nil. I'm afraid it's the roles are reversed now. So, uh, Andy's on a park bench with a brown bag and a bottle of iron <laughs> brew and a... Uh, a deep fried Mars bar, and he's all sad and upset. And Adam, you've got to go sort of stroke his hair and kiss his forehead and tell him it'll all get better. What? What? Because he's second in the Premier League, you can fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> quite, right, quite right, Adam. That's right. That's exactly what I need. Tough love. Perspective. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next game is exactly. <laughs> Aston Villa versus Brighton. Uh, Villa currently in the Conference League position. Um, Brighton, of course, in the Europa League. So uh, they are in pole position for, as far as the Conference League goes. Are they going to do enough to win this one, guys? Yeah, I think Brighton might just do enough in this one. Brighton, Villa in pretty similar form at the moment. Villa just ran out of steam late on, picked up a couple of injuries. Maybe then they play quite as well as they could have in a couple of those games. Brighton will just be, they'll be on a high. Um, Nothing to play for though, they've... can't move position. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, it's at Villa Park, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go be Villa by the by the odd goal, All just right. because I think it would be funny for Spurs. Adam? Yeah, I don't care, Chris. Excellent. Uh, Brentford versus Manchester City. Brentford also trying to get the Conference League. I've written here, question mark, will Manchester City be trying? Um, you seem to think you seem to think a cup finals dictate absolutely everything, so there's no chance that they're going to be trying according to you. <laughs> <laughs> there's a logic to it, though, isn't there? Also, also, but Chris, I've got a problem, Chris, Chris, I've got a, a problem for you because next week they're going to be playing in the FA Cup final. Yeah, the week, but the week after that, they've got the Champions League final. That's more, surely, that's more prestigious. So, and they've not won that. So. Yeah, do, do our players going to be resting? Are they going to be going like going into tackles half out? I would. I mean, to be fair, City's uh, second eleven is a much stronger prospect than West Ham's. 
second eleven. This <laughs> Did, didn't didn't um, didn't United rest players in ninety nine for the cup final? But that was when the Champions League final was still on a Wednesday night. Yeah, it was about three days later, wasn't it? I'm fairly yeah, sure. So, I'm yeah. fairly sure that Sheringham and Solskjaer played up front in the. That's right. Yeah, yeah they did. Because Sheringham scored early on. Uh, this is, so this precedent. Yeah, this is Manchester City's one thousandth Premier League fixture. Great. Good for them. They got the fireworks out. Possibly. Uh, Chelsea versus Newcastle, the Papi CC defying physics goal uh, derby. Um, Frank Lampard, what's he going to be doing next? Where will Frank Lampard be next season? If I was him, I'd be sat on a sofa in a Sky Sports studio. He'll be running for a by election as the local Tory candidate, I would assume. <laughs> I reckon he's going to be the next England manager. I don't know why. I've got a horrible feeling. No, I, see, I. I I understand the whole fail upwards thing, but I mean, he has failed so badly this season. I can't think of a single manager who has wrecked his reputation as a manager, not necessarily as a, as a person or things like that. There's obviously been far worse out there, I'm sure, but as a manager, I can't think of anyone who's wrecked their reputation more in the space of 12 months than, than Frank Lampard has because, um, Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, I thought you. I thought it was a full stop, not a comma. Go on, carry on. <laughs> no, it was. It was really just to kind of to back up again. It's just, you know, it, it, we talked about it in the WhatsApp group earlier on. We were talking about funniest moments in the, the Premier League this season, and mine is his valiant attempt to get two separate clubs relegated in the same season because yeah. Chelsea have been woeful. <laughs> um, as as Adam alluded to earlier on in the, the Man United game, just absolutely awful and if you look at their their record uh, I would I would hazard a guess that their record over the last third of the season is probably just about as bad as anybody's outside the top the bottom three um yeah so I he'll find something to do I think you'll be right he'll probably end up a pundit because I can't imagine he's going to be a manager um Adam has this Chelsea job been a free hit for him do you think um, no, I think it should have been a free hit, and he's done so badly, as Andy just said, that even that, that, that it's impossible to give any sort of any any sort of sense of good faith to him. Um, I was during the um, the game on Thursday. I think it was Jamie Redknapp talking at half. I won't say half time, but maybe full time, saying about how. Um, the new manager coming in, it had to be important that they had to set standards. And Frank Lampard had apparently said in his pretty much press conference that the the level at training hadn't been hadn't been where it needed to be. Like he might not have had something to do with that. Like if, if only he was he was in charge of being able to sort of like like make sure that players were training at the, the requisite level. Like it's been appalling. Hmm. Um. Palace versus Forest, the Dougie Freeman derby. Palace won five out of nine under Roy, uh, and they've got an arrival of 24 points from losing positions. Um, another quiz. Tyro Awaniwi uh, can be the second player to score in four successive Premier League games of Nottingham Forest since 1995. Who would that be? Pierre Van Hoydock. No. Steve Stone. No. I'm out. I'm out of of Nottingham Forest players now. Uh, the only other two I could think for that period of time are Ian Wan or Stan Collymore. Whoop! That's it, Stan Collymore. Ah, uh, there we go. 
Is anyone a fan of the Sultans of Ping? The what? The Sultans of Ping. Uh, Are... The fact that I've had to ask that question should <laughs> suggest that no, I'm not aware of them. I, I would say that even after he sort of clarified, Andy, I'm I'm less aware than he was before. They were an early <laughs> yeah. to mid. They were an early to mid nineties indie band. Uh, they did a song called "Where's the Jumper." If you remember that, Andy. That rings a bell. Dancing actually. in the disco, bumper to bumper. Wait a minute, where's the jumper? I think that does actually ring a bell. Well, they wrote a song about uh, Stan Collywell, give him a ball in the yard of grass. It's worth checking out. I, I have no time for Stan Collymore, so I think I'll pass. Oh, how, does Eureka, how does Eureka Johnson feel about that song? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was written before all that. Well, that's uh, all right, then. We can... It's <laughs> You're all about separating the art from the artist. Don't sort of get on your moral high horse. No, my, the reason I'm getting on my high horse is because it sounds shit, Chris. It's a song about <laughs> a jumper. <laughs> it's an, the album's fantastic. It's one of my favourite albums of all time. Um, sure. <laughs> Manchester United versus Fulham. Edwin van der Sar, Derby Manchester United, beaten at home since the first game of the season when they lost to Brighton. I wrote it here. Graham Potter uh, was manager. That, this seems, that seems a very long time ago. Um... You know, I can't see past United going out here on a high. This is like, do you reckon Alexander Mitrovic will be on his best behaviour in this fixture? No. <laughs> no. I, it's, it's odd. I do think that um, Fulham must be wondering what if, because Mitrovic is slotted right back in like he wasn't away. Yeah. But of course he was away and that just happened to coincide with Fulham's worst uh, spell of the season. He's He's... He's proven himself this season to be a very good striker, eh, Mitrovic. I mean, I think um, if you're a Fulham fan, Andy, you're just being like, oh, we're 10th. This is amazing. Yeah, I'd, absolutely. But I'd, could they have been pushing for Europe if he'd been available at that point? Maybe. Maybe not. I, I mean, well, maybe all that points, happens is maybe. they score another few goals and but actually don't move position. But yeah, it's clear that they're a better team when, when he's available. But, but Chris, are Manchester United going to be resting players for the cup final? They could well be. <laughs> I wouldn't fight with them. They've already had and they've already had lost Anthony to a to an ankle injury on Thursday night. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't want that to happen to somebody else. You wouldn't want Marcus Rashford to get a hamstring, would you? No. I mean, you want, him to have a ha- you want him to have a hamstring. You just don't want him to hurt it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> is, there, is there a difference in terms of Champions League qualifying between third and fourth? No, they got rid of that right. now. No. Did no, they? Not- right, okay. Well, in this that case, Scotland. yeah, there's... No, that's true. Um, I ain't good wishes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm... Yeah, United will, will do what they need to do in this game then. Fulham, is, as Adam said, will be will be very happy with 10th. Can't change the position in either direction. Uh, yeah, United win. Okay, uh, and finally, our last Premier League preview of the entire season, Southampton versus Liverpool in the Paul Jones derby. Um, Southampton, zero wins in the last 12, 25 losses overall this season, including 12 at home. Uh, wow, just... could you could you have picked a, a less meaningless, meaningful game to finish on? <laughs> this was the list that was on the BBC website. Um, yeah, and they very much have gone with the idea of, like, we might not maintain everyone's interest to the very bottom, so we'll put this <laughs> one there. <laughs> uh, I'm happy not to talk about this if you guys aren't. 
Um, no, no, I want to talk about it. I do want to talk about it because I miss you. You <laughs> promised me an opportunity to talk about Young Club's touchline ban, and then you didn't really? let me talk about it last week. Last week, that was seven days ago. Yeah, but it's a two-game ban, Chris. <laughs> oh, have you been sat chewing like you know every time you've been pumping iron this week just thinking about that just yeah, yeah. Every, every time you sort of lift it up and take the strain yeah. you've been thinking about that's my motivation the, the fact i couldn't let you talk about something yeah <laughs> is there like a montage like a sort of rocky montage in you, your head <laughs> as you're sort of lifting these weights and all you see is like jürgen klopp in my face sort of i'm gonna shoot <laughs> that for you i'm gonna get and i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> Gonna get get Connor to help help with me with shooting the uh, the footage, and I'll I'll get a picture of your face and put it on the on the on the heavy bag. <laughs> Absolutely pummel it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Got it. Talk about your own Klopp's touchline, Ben. I'm sure this has got no hidden agenda for an Everton fan. No, no hidden agenda. So I just but no, but I just think his comments that he made about this were bang out of order. So when no, uh, you shot me. Well, <laughs> come what on, Chrissy. Where he literally called in, he called the referee's integrity into question. He did, yeah, that's true. Not very nice. You know that you know that what he did was wrong. I know he did. Yeah, it, it was beyond. It, it was beyond the sort of standard sort of like, oh, the referee didn't give us anything, or the referee had a, even had a bad game. It was this referee has it in for me. He always has it in for me, and I don't know what I've done to upset him. Infamy, infamy. They've all got it in for me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he very much deserves this ban because he was also he was also like shown out like the very much sort of being called out in the idea of like he he said horrible things to me and they're like oh yeah but Jurgen they they've got these microphones on we can hear every word they said we've got it recorded he didn't say anything mean yeah who were they so I just just I felt it's a little bit like a retraction in a newspaper it's they don't get the the same sort of coverage that his comments that the referee was mean to me, got so. Yeah, so if you woke up and in the uh, Hampshire Evening Echo newspaper, the front page was like you caught in the sauna with a load of guys at your gym, you'd be like really, really upset. And then if it wasn't you, um, then they re- re- sort of printed a retraction on page yeah. 15 the next day. Or if it just turned out to be an innocent conversation about which players would get in the Leicester team. Yeah, yeah. Why can't you have that in a sauna? With a load of guys. Yeah. <laughs> see, there's no reason why not. Exactly. I don't see and, the problem. No. Andy, would you join him in that sauna? Of course I would. Yeah? Good. I'm Person- comfortable in that kind of environment. Personally, I prefer a steam room, Chris, but sure. <laughs> if it has to be a sauna, it has to be a sauna. I don't... What's the difference? Wet and dry heat. Okay. It's dry in a sauna. It's steamy in a steam room. I've been in Humid. saunas and they've got rocks where you pour water on and make it steamy. Is that a steam room? No, that's not. They're not rocks that. You, that's not steam. <laughs> that does sound like a sauna, but you pour water on the rocks to make it hot. But that's not steam. Okay, I haven't been in one for a very long time, officer. <laughs> it sounds like they might not have. They might not have made it to Cornwall yet. No, well, they've got flotation devices, but I don't think they've got sort of steamy saunas. So, flotation devices yeah so it's like it's like a way of of, de, of de-stressing um so you oh, what, like to... the thing in the simpsons when he gets in the pod yeah literally that <laughs> we... i genuinely thought I for a minute, the flotation device uh, just... <laughs> this is a very different thing 
<laughs> but when, you, when you said flotation device, earlier, I was just thinking he meant like a rubber ring, like a no. <laughs> like a life-saving device. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the thing that stops people from drowning, yeah. No, imagine a shower tray about six foot wide by six foot, uh, and then that is full of warm water. Yeah, um, I think they're called it's... Chris. I think they're called flotation tanks because a flotation yes. <laughs> a flotation device is yeah. sort of like water wings, like noodles. It's the or the yeah anything that floats yes. really that you put on something you put on a kid to stop it from drowning. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, uh, right. Okay, um, so uh, before can we just before we move on because I need to ask a Liverpool fan this question. Yeah. So I'm turning the tables on you, etching them. Amazing. Um, <laughs> at the at so during are the you, week, uh, uh, are, are Liverpool going to rest? Sorry, are Liverpool going <laughs> to rest players for the? Ah, oh, wait, no. Carragher and Neville did their end of the season awards thing on Sky and uh, Carragher got very upset over the fact that Gary Neville had put Saka in his team ahead of Salah but at the same time Carragher had also put Alisson in goals which seems particularly ridiculous as a, a selection I just yeah. wondered how you felt about both of those? Uh, I mean, Saka or Salah, I mean, they both had, I mean, they're, they're fairly comparable their seasons. So having Saka in wouldn't be, it's not like, you know, he's stuck uh, Ian Marshall in or something like that, you know, from the 1990s or something. So yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not a terrible decision. Alison, I found weird. I saw somebody else, a Liverpool fan tweet that the only players that don't deserve to give an apology this season, well, who did he say? He said, Mo Canate, uh, Bajetovic and uh, Alisson. I'm thinking Alisson's made quite a few ricks this season. Yeah, that's what I thought. And when you look at the fact that, you know, City and Newcastle now hold the joint best defensive record in the league, maybe City less so, but Newcastle definitely in large part to the performances of Nick Pope. Yeah. I, I thought Alisson was a, a strange choice. I, I hadn't it, actually it realised how good Salah had been. It's a very one-eyed choice, isn't it? Um, yes, that 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 was the the impression I, because, I got on that. Because spoiler alert, Andy, this was a conversation I had with little brother. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and uh, yeah, I both of you. Um, we both agreed with you that sort of like it's a kind of relatively ridiculous decision. That sort of like it seemed like. Nick Pope seemed like the obvious choice for me, and in, in with with Neville. But I, the what piece of equipment were you on when you when you were talking to him? About to, uh, actually, this was actually at my mum's house the day before. So, so but it was oh, right. with Connor. But sure, sure, we can meet in, re- in many different venues and talk about football, Chris. Don't worry. Okay. Um, the only point that Connor made there was not nothing really in favour of Allison. He did say. He did have a, an opinion relatively similar to that Liverpool fan Chris talked about tweeting, but not to the extent that he thought he should be in team of the season. But he was like, um, taking that, like, again, if you're going to talk about being one-eyed, uh, David De Gea is one the, winning the, going to win the Golden Glove. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that at all. So, like, if that's where you want to go. And I think that, in the, I don't know if you watched the, um, if either of you actually watched the sort of discussion they had around this, or whether you've just looked at the teams. But he uh, was very insistent on the 
the stats around Salah and about why Salah uh, deserved to be in that team. But yes, I'm quite a strong opinion that I think that sometimes it's very hard for me to make an objective opinion because Chris is going to point to some, some allegiances and some biases that I might hold. Um, I, I've, I've never quite, while I can see some of the, the, the good things he does, I'm never fully on board the, the Mohamed Salah train. Cause I just think he's, what? A bit greedy. I think he's a bit greedy, Chris. I think that he can make a. T- I actually think that he can make an overall team worse. I think that what? there are large periods in there have been times when, towards the end of seasons, you can see that I think that it really mattered to him about we're like winning golden boots when he was shooting and he shouldn't have been, and I just don't buy into the fact that Liverpool have been so much worse. But it's fine because his stats are great, so I, that means he should be in the team of the season. I think that the the Saka decision was a no brainer for me. Okay. Uh, right, so we've been going about an hour and a half, so I reckon we can drop the uh, funniest moments of the season um, segment because I don't think there'll be many people getting to the end of this. So that was, <laughs> our, that was our final Premier League preview this season. Still, still good news that we talked about the Oceania Premier League. About what, sorry? <laughs> still good news that we talked about that Oceania Champions, whatever. The Oceania Champions League, yes. It's good. Yeah. Shout out to my Tahiti Massive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. So um, we are uh, Man of the Post, part of the Man of the Post network. Um, Ali and Dave, Simon, I mean, the car will be back uh, after this weekend to review the games that we've been previewing. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Man of the Post. You can give us a like on Facebook too. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Acast, uh, Apple Podcasts. You can uh, follow, subscribe, and all your future episodes fall automatically into your inbox. You can uh, give us a nice five-star review because that would be lovely. Um, and uh, that would be very gratefully received. Uh, Andy, if they want to follow you on that there, Twitter, how do they do that? Uh, they can follow me at Site Tyson just when I'm about to stop talking about football for two and a half months. Uh, Adam they can't follow you on Twitter no Uh, you can follow me at CHGM77 so guys it's been uh, another season it's been emotional thank you ever so much it's been long it's been a long season hasn't it Uh, and always remember to keep your man on the post (laughs) 